0: Welcome, welcome, welcome! That was good. (laughs) I got a few of them wrong. It's okay. Okay.
1: Overall,
0: obviously, we have Jerry Seinfeld on today. Very excited. Did I say welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert? I did. I got that in there. You
1: said welcome, welcome,
0: welcome. Welcome, 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 Armchair Expert. Yeah, we have Jerry Seinfeld today. bigot. Really big, big time Get big,
1: True legend.
0: He's a legend. Of course, Seinfeld. You loved it. He has the most charming show that we are addicted to called Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee that I'm sure most of you have watched. The best of the best are on it. It's so fun. If you're into cars as well, it's just an added bonus. Well, he has a new book out called The Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee Book. You dig it? I love it. Coffee book.
1: Because I love coffee table books.
0: Do you think, though, it should have said the Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee Table book?
1: I would like to that. To make it a
0: little more on the nose.
1: I would li- have liked that, yeah. Anyways. We have notes.
0: The Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee book is actually tremendous. You'll hear in the interview, I was skeptical of it, and I actually love it. I think anyone who likes comedy should get this book for Christmas. Please enjoy Jerome Seinfeld. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that it's just gorgeous that wobby-wob you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates yeah. I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy. so easy. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day.
1: Hello, can you see us, hear us? Yes. Feel our energy?
3: Tell me, can you hear us? Let me just ask this question, please. Can I just start? Yeah, of course you can. What is this thing in the podcast world with these ridiculous chairs and people (laughs) with the microphone up in their face? It's like the most low energy possible (gasps) way you can sit. Okay, great. So I'm shocked that you of all people wouldn't be
0: able to understand what underpins this. Which is, what is the minimum amount I have to do, but still have maximum output? A, I'm seated, Jerry, for six hours of the day. I had better be fucking comfortable. It could ruin my performance. Six hours? Yes, often I do three or four of these in a day.
3: How many have you done today? Seven.
1: No. No, this is the first.
3: (laughs) No, no, you're the first today.
0: Does it stress you out that I do multiple in a day?
3: Yes. It does. For what reason? I'm worried about your... uh... (laughs) Mental drain. What was it that they used to call hemorrhoids? Piles.
0: Piles. Yeah, are you worried I'm going to get piles? What
1: a horrible name.
0: (laughs) Certain diseases, the disease isn't nearly as bad as the wording, right? Like shingles just sounds like there's big chunks of your back falling off, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, but it sounds organized. (laughs) <laughs> true shingle sounds like a nice kind of lizard look or a roof a terracotta yeah there's it sounds
0: pattern. like there's scales in there yes yeah, symmetrical monica how did you get into this racket
1: they lured me in with their baby children beautiful she started, baby children
0: started as a babysitter of our children i
1: started as a babysitter wow and then i scraped my way all the way well to the we discovered top
0: We discovered in that process that Monica had been a UCB kid, was a really good writer, started writing stuff for Kristen. Monica and I's hobby was to argue in the kitchen about politics.
1: We don't do that anymore because now we got too close and now it's like Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's
0: hurtful when we disagree now. (laughs) It used to be
3: fun and now it ruins our week of work. That is such a beautiful thing, Monica. Thank you. The greatest thing about show business is how wide open it is. I became a comedian. I stood on line on a Monday night audition night. It's like, oh, you want to be a comedian? There's a line. Get on that line. (laughs) (laughs) And I did. And you can come into it from so many different trajectories. It's the most wonderful, wide open industry. Of course, it's also the most toxic in terms of the environment is extremely Darwinian.
0: Yes. Well, I was going to say it's a meritocracy, which is a nice way to say it. Or you could say, yes, it's
3: survival of the fittest. Yes. More purely than most other industries. But the people that are attracted to that are the right people for it. I always like those stories of people came from some crazy direction.
1: It's just weird because obviously I came out here to be an actor and podcasts when I came weren't a thing. There were zero podcasts. And so I do always Try to tell people, you have no idea what it is you could be successful at. It might not even exist yet. Just do the work.
0: Right. I need to clear one thing up before we proceed, and that is... We've only met one time in real life in flesh, and it was I had been invited to one of your Good Foundation events.
3: Good Plus.
0: Good Plus. Plus. Sorry. Good Plus Foundation. One of the pillars is fatherhood, you know, engaging dads. The fatherhood initiative. Yeah. Yeah. So I went and was a part of kind of a small event you guys hosted. And then we met for the first time, and I did not like how that went. If I can just tell you, it doesn't sit great with me. And I was really thinking today, what was it that made it rough for me? And I think it was because I know you have to say hi to me. That's on your to-do list. (laughs)
2: Obligation.
0: Uh, Yes. I was aware of the fact that to some degree, I'm an obligation. Like I've shown up at this event. You're going to have to say hi to me. Number one, that's not how I really want to meet anyone, right? It's like, oh, here's the homework. (laughs) Number two, I also think it's dicey. and I want to know if you agree with this. When two people start talking who, in their normal lives, are the ones usually tasked with guiding the conversation. Like, if you meet someone who loves Seinfeld on the street, it's on your shoulders to give them a little experience. You're not going to let them steer. You're going to wrap it up nicely for them. It's your role. Yes. So I, too, to a much lesser degree, but I'm the one tasked with that. So when you and I start talking, I'm kind of like, well, who's supposed to wrap this up nicely who's driving this conversation? I don't know how to navigate that. And then I ended up just complimenting you a lot and I could sense immediately, he doesn't enjoy
1: it.
4: <laughs> He does
0: not enjoy just being complimented, but I was panicked. Sure
3: I do. You do? One of the things you do learn, maybe you've experienced this, is as you progress in this industry, when you get older, and this is one of the things, I'm, I'm a very anti-youth is wasted on the young. I think everything's wasted on everybody. But when you get old, you read people fast. I love that about being older. It's like someone comes up to me in 0.3 seconds, I know exactly who this is. <laughs> right. <Wow. laughs> so it doesn't bother me. I know right away what I've got and what I'm dealing with, and I always want it to be a nice experience for that person, that little meeting, and of course compliments are nice, but as far as who's going to drive the conversation, I think in a good conversation, it should be shared. I do too, but again, there's some
0: architecture to how it normally goes, and just once you meet someone that you realize, maybe Rank would suggest I should just let them steer this whole thing. I just don't adapt so quickly, so gracefully at all times.
3: No, neither do I. But I've really learned to put on a good act that (laughs) I I am adapting.
1: Do you think it's because you want his approval? So absolutely.
3: I think it might have gone
0: without saying, but maybe I should say it's like, yes, it'd be preferred to me that it was a great hang for five minutes. If I go talk to the valet guy out front, because I'm a status whore it doesn't go well i probably won't think about it for much longer but of course this was over 2 years ago and i occasionally think yeah i, I don't know what i was really doing in that conversation
3: i'm not sure what i was <laughs> i have to tell you i don't remember the conversation
2: <laughs> of course of course Pat. that's the worst thing you could say <laughs> no no that's
3: that's preferred but if it was really bad i would have remembered it so it couldn't have been Girl. that bad now you must have this where something really bad's
0: happening and you're unhappy in the moment, and then something clicks in your mind and you start realizing, oh, I'm gonna be telling this to someone else. I gotta remember everything that's weird that's going on right now. And then you kind of start enjoying it. Does that happen to you?
3: Yes. One of the least, my least favorite things in the world is going on vacation. I hate it every second of it. I don't like the idea of it. I don't like that someone else is gonna decide what I like to do. If I wanna do something that, if I pick the thing 50-50, I would even like that. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Here's the thing that I try and explain to my wife for 22 years, she still doesn't get it. I don't care that I don't like it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's hard. It doesn't
3: bother me. I don't like anything. (laughs) I know it's gonna suck before I even leave. I'm not surprised and I'm not upset. And complaining is kind of what I like to do. Artful complaining is my career. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I do is complain.
0: There's something Buddhist in it, which is like, you're only really uncomfortable when you have an unmet expectation. But if you move through life with the acceptance that you're going to be miserable 50% of the time, there's really no discomfort in it because you're getting exactly what you expected. Right. Yeah. This beach is boring. (laughs) Why are people here?
1: But can we go a little deeper?
2: Okay. Yeah. Do you
1: think because that is your career and that is your identity that you're afraid you will like it? Oh, and you don't really want to, because you like complaining?
3: No, I'm not afraid of anything. <laughs> <laughs> I have no fears. I really did not get the fear gene. Virtually nothing scares me. <laughs> oh
1: man, how do we get that?
3: <laughs> That's just a genetic thing. <laughs> so
0: something occurred to me the other day, and I wonder if you'll agree or disagree, which is, I think my favorite bit of yours is probably nobody wants to be anywhere. I don't know why that to Love me it. is the most profound observation. That's very Zen, don't you think? Yes. And my wife and I talk about it all the time. And we're constantly in the middle of one of those things where it's like, oh, we got to grab that. And, we gotta get, and I go, nobody likes to be anywhere. Yeah.
3: Nobody likes anything. That's nobody the next likes line. Anything. nobody okay. wants to be anywhere nobody likes
1: anything. <laughs> it's such a good bit. Oh my God. Okay.
0: But I had a breakthrough just this weekend. We were in Utah at a wedding and my two kids, they wanted to climb on these rock formations that are all over Utah. Right. And they wanted to go to this one. Then they wanted to go to that one. And I'm like, we got to drive back to LA. So I'm thinking about that. And I wonder how many more hours on am And all of a sudden it hit me. Kids love being everywhere that might be what separates us from children they actually love do they Why do like whatever they're doing they don't want it to stop they're not right. trying to <laughs> figure out when this thing concludes they see the other rock pile let's go to that one they're not thinking well it's
3: the same it's a great thing to watch <laughs> when you have kids how old are yours seven and nine Seven and nine, I was going to guess that. I would have (laughs) definitely guessed seven and nine. (laughs) (laughs) Look at this from your face. Yeah, yeah. How old are yours? Mine are 22, 19, and 17.
0: Okay, I don't know why I thought they were younger than that. They were.
3: You were correct at that time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When you had kids, did you study them like monkeys in a lab? I find myself looking at my kids and really trying to see everything through their eyes, and I'm
3: like... They're my little lab rats in a way. They are. The most important thing is just don't worship them. Mm-hmm. Ooh. The inclination is to worship them, and you really have to resist that. But the greatest thing about kids, which you've already discovered, is you get a new one every six months. <laughs> It's literally like you turned in a rent-a-car and they gave you another one. Yeah. About the moment you think you've figured it out mm-hmm. oh,
1: I see.
0: is
3: to me when it
0: seems like they present a whole new side of themselves.
3: Yeah. And I always say every year, it's like, I cannot take another year of a four-year-old. I could just make it one year. And then right. I need it give me the next one. So far, it never stops. Now, look, I love your book. Thank you. I'm going to be honest with
0: you. I was cynical. I was like, do we need a coffee book about a show that I can just watch? Right. So I started a little cynically. And then one of the things I read right out of the gates is you said, I'm not a podcast person. So, you know, I'm a little triggered. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I read that. <laughs> I'm not much for podcasts. I think everything in life could do with an edit. I just want to let you know right away we edit. Yeah. So that should alleviate you some of your favorite. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's yes, good. Yes. Okay.
3: Everything needs to be edited. Every party, every dinner you go to, it's just a little too long, isn't it? Yes. Yeah.
1: People push it a little too far. Dax is always trying to do voices in here. Yeah,
0: I'm well, not trying, I do oh, a lot well, of voices. He, he does yeah.
1: them, yes, and stares directly into my eyes and he goes on for too long. I said, mm. if you just cut it down, yeah. it would be perfect.
3: Yeah. That is my entire career. My entire <laughs> career is I cut it down. Yeah, to a little bit less than you really wanted. When was the last time you saw a movie that you thought, gee, I wish that was a little longer? Never.
1: (laughs) Uh, Never.
3: It's a good point. I have a similar one about when I bought a TV
0: and my wife said, isn't that too big for the room? And I said, just tell me a single time in your life you've been sitting in a room and someone (laughs) said, this fucking TV is just
3: too big. No one's ever said it. Mm. I don't know why it's such a fear of wives. That's so funny. (laughs) Because they know that the TV is the portal that a man will go in never to return. That's true. It's your exit portal and the bigger it is, the more easily you will get drawn into it. You're right, you're right. It's ultimately the bat cave that I hope to just drive into and never return. Yeah, you keep scratching your nose with your middle finger. It's a little disconcerting.
1: Am I really? really? Well, what's
3: happening? A tick. You
1: discovered a what's tick. What's happening,
3: Jerry? I did have a lot of ticks. We didn't run the air
0: today. It's a little chilly outside. And now I'm kind of realizing that was a tactical blunder. And I'm a little sweaty.
3: But when you take this finger and... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's hard not to notice that. Is this preferred? This is worse, right? Pinky. Yeah. This is how obsessively detailed I am. I would actually stop and think about... What is the nice way to scratch your face? I've spent time thinking about how do I adjust my glasses? I don't like people that adjust their glasses like that. It's inelegant. If you do this, it's kind of nice to look at. It is. This is sophisticated. Describe. So a middle finger to the
0: middle bridge of the glasses and shoving him up. He objects to that. But if you make a little C... Like
3: if I do this, it's kind of gross, right? But some people, they just do that. No, 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 that no. no, no. That looked too, terrible. That looks that
1: like was, a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, it does.
3: You're like, oh my God, he's
0: way too exacting. Just itch your whole scalp. Don't itch one micron of your scalp. Who's aware of that tiny of a portion of their scalp? Only a serial killer. It's obvious is. This guy will go straight to jail. No trial needed. Nobody has giant itchy patches of scalp unless we're going to go back to the shingles thing. (laughs) I just want to say that despite thinking I didn't need this book in my life, there's something interesting about hearing what maybe feels even throwaway when you're watching the show. When you read it in print, A, I'm just hyper-focused on it. There's no distractions. I'm not concentrating on how the guy fixed his glasses while he delivered that line. Right. The ideas isolated. And I found myself reading things I heard said, but that felt way more profound to me
3: now. That's interesting. Like you weed out some stimuli. How about things that you read and you don't get? I remember sometimes Obama would do a speech and I would go, Jesus, that was the most amazing speech. I can't believe the power of it. And I would get a transcript of it and I would look at it and I would go, There's nothing here. Yes. Uh There's nothing here. It was all him, his performance of it. Yeah. But the converse can also be true, which is what you're saying. You can hear something and see it one way and then you read it and it hits you harder. Yeah. I I guess I think obviously like
0: we give, quote, literature or just the written word some importance,
3: right? Some. (laughs) (laughs) The most important. The most. The whole country's based on a goddamn document. Yeah, it just like substantiates something in a bizarre
0: way. I think that's why everyone's so infected by the internet. It's like everyone gets to be in the newspaper virtually. You're typing it and now it exists. I can see why it was so appealing. The internet? Yes, social media, Twitter. They're basically now in the newspaper.
3: This is just occurring to me. Yeah, yeah, you're on TV, you have followers. Yes. I would say if this country is divided, It's into 330 million different pieces. Uh That's the real division. It's not half and half. It's every
0: single individual is an entity. Yes, everyone is a channel, is a brand. Yeah, that's a gigantic problem. Okay, I'm going to jump ahead because this occurred to me today, and I want to ask you about it. I think there's an interesting parallel between network TV and comedians in that, in the 80s, you had three options. You had three networks. So the content that was put out there should minimally appeal to like a third of the country. If it didn't, it would go away.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And now TV is in a niche phase, right? Where you really only need a few hundred thousand viewers. And they can be very specific and niche. I feel like that's the same arc of stand-up comedy in a weird way.
3: A thousand percent right. And do you think that's good or bad? I'll tell you what it is. Great for the profession bad for the art form. Ooh, elaborate please. The audience that likes you will be algorithmed, will be isolated, will be contacted, and will be instantly supporting you. That doesn't make a comedian better. It makes Mm -hmm. his business better. A comedian who can only relate to this narrow demo will do just fine. But that's not good for the art form, because in the old days, and not sound like an old guy, but I'm an old guy, you got pushed out in front of Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons or Kenny Rogers. They don't want to see you at all. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Forget about you're not my type of comedian. We don't want to see anybody. And you got to work that room. That makes you a better comedian. I thought at this point, reading the little passage in the book between
0: you and Jay Leno in Jay saying, no, you can't say the audience is bad. You just failed to broaden up your set enough to appeal to that audience. And you said, yeah, there's people that's like, I only like Largo. And I thought, oh my God, I've performed there so many times. And yeah, there's a whole host of us that pretty much live at Largo. Yeah. It was a bullseye.
1: Do you think that there is a comedic oath that comedians should be taking that now is gone away, like you know king's jester, there was a let's call truth to power while being entertaining, all of that I feel like is sort of gone. Do you think there is a universal one that a comedian should adhere to
3: okay well, well let's assume you're a person in your early twenties and you come to me and you say, "I really love this world, I love this profession. I want to do this my whole life. What do I do, and then i'm going to talk to you about. Having respect for a laugh and what it takes to get it, keep it, and get more of them and make that your thing that you are guaranteed that you become known for someone who can do this, who can get this thing, the laugh. There are many other things that people want, but believe me, I've been in this world my whole life. When you get to be 55 and no one wants to book you anymore... That's a bad landing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is not the time of your life when you want to run out of gas. And when you're 20 and you're 30 and you're cute and you're talking to other 20 and 30, and they're cute and everyone's cute (laughs) and everyone thinks it's so cute that we're here together in this club and we're drinking and we're so sexual and so (laughs) I would love to be with him and her and oh Yeah. yeah, it's all great. But at 55, that ain't happening. At 55, the only thing left is can you get laughs? And if you've spent those decades learning that immutable, brutal, unforgiving, incredibly difficult skill, you're gonna have a nice fourth quarter, which I think is hopefully what we're all shooting for, is have a nice fourth quarter. You don't wanna bum out the last quarter of your life.
1: Do you have rules that you won't do to get a laugh?
3: Sure, tons. Thousands. Too many to name. If it's not interesting, if I don't feel like this was done in an interesting, original way, I'm not interested. I won't do it. You said in this interview I was watching for The New Yorker that
0: being a comedian is like swimming in the ocean, which is the culture is moving endlessly. It's ebbing, it's flowing, it's high, it's low. So you really have to learn to just be constantly navigating within that pocket.
3: Right. I use the example of the skier. Who is that brilliant female skier, American, the blonde girl? It's
1: not our sport.
3: I've never known a <laughs> skier's name, unfortunately. Lindsey Vaughn.
0: Rob knew. Good job, Rob.
3: Okay. If you're Lindsey Vaughn, you can put the gates wherever the hell you want. I'm going to make the gate. That's how you have to think as a comedian. I don't care what happens in the world. I'm going to adjust to it faster than the audience. That's the game. You can't say, hey, we used to be able to say this. Now we can't say it anymore. That's not your problem. Your problem. Yeah. Where's the gate today? What's my line down the slope to, to make the gate? In other words, get the laugh, make it interesting, maybe even make a comment, but the laugh's got to be there.
1: I love that you say that because I do think a lot of comedians nowadays have turned their sets into complaining about what they can't say. <laughs> like so much... Of that is out there. It's kind of crazy. Instead of creating new material, they're just complaining about that.
3: Yeah. I don't know if there's any way back from it. I would venture to say there isn't. We can't go back from the internet world and comedians will never have to be able to walk out in front of an audience that is completely wrong for them and get them. You don't have to do that anymore. We have software that will handle that. Okay, now let me start with my biases. So my favorite comedian
0: of all time, I'm not unique in it, is Richard Pryor. And there's a lot of things I hear you talk about that I get scared I'm on your out group, right? You don't seem to include sketch comedians so much. And I'm always like, "Uh, Jerry, let's invite us in a little more, us sketch (laughs) comedians and us improvers. You seem to have like a little barrier between stand-up and that. I want a little more inclusion. So that scares me about you. Anyone who's funny
3: is wonderful and a treasure. <laughs> and however they're funny, you know, Beautiful. my favorite perf- performer of all time is Peter Sellers. He's not a stand up, he's an actor. Yeah, okay. To me, he's the funniest human that I've ever seen. But the discipline of stand up as a profession, as a lifelong profession, it's a strict discipline and it's a difficult discipline. I'm just not interested. And how do you make a living as a sketch or an improv awesome. actor? It's pretty hard, Jerry. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's almost impossible. It's exceedingly hard. You don't get hard. paid to do it. There's
0: only one place that pays, so there ain't live, so you better get there. <laughs> I don't even think they pay that much, do they? Not ideal, but the upside is the contract's really long right that's the silver lining it's a seven-year contract but anyways when i listen to you talk about comedy i hope you'll agree you're a very methodical comedian like even talking about the pop tart bit is a two-year-long endeavor before we get to they can't get stale because they were never fresh like that's two years later yeah With that said, do you appreciate what Pryor was? And part B of that question, am I wrong about what Pryor was? Was he a master at the illusion that it wasn't super mapped out and that
3: it was getting beamed into his mouth? Yes, it's an illusion. Tell me more. I watched him put these things together in the 70s. Every line, every beat, every move, the physical part, the facial part, the vocal part. He assembled it meticulously, and that's how great a performer he was. It appears to have this looseness and this fluidity to it.
0: That's part of his genius. Yeah, but it exists in music, right? The example I I was thinking of is, I don't know if you watch this great documentary series, Defiant Ones, it was about Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre, and in it, I learned a bunch about Bruce Springsteen, the way he recorded, very much the way you told the Pop-Tart joke. Right. I mean, he is in the fucking coal mines to make every song he made. Yeah. Trillions of takes. And it's genius. I so respect it. And yet, I also watch another documentary, Fade to Black, about Jay-Z. And I watch him go into a room and listen to a song for about 35 minutes and then walk into the booth and deliver it. And that's also some crazy genius I'm attracted to. Right. Are you attracted to all, or is there a hierarchy of process? Am I making any sense?
3: Yeah, you are. You're using the word attractive, which I think is the right word. And I have to say that I'm really attracted to writing. Now, people write in different ways, but what is the quality of the writing in the end? You know, Jay-Z is brilliant writer. He doesn't have to sit and obsess over it, but it is brilliant in the end. Yeah. But in the end, it's still the writing. I don't have that talent. I mean, I could do stuff here and there. You know, when I'm on stage, I say whatever I want, but I work really hard on that map, and I love the map.
0: Yeah. Now, over the years, you've hung out with a trillion comedians. There's this interesting phenomena that happens where somebody you know is the funniest human being alive, at Video Village, at lunch, in the makeup trailer, and then they just can't put it on the screen. And it's a very peculiar and thing. And vice versa. And vice versa, yeah. What's vice versa?
1: The funniest person on set is often not the funniest person in the makeup trailer.
0: Oh, I was going to say, in the movie, right? they might be the funniest yeah, human. Oh, okay, yeah, not yeah. On set movie. Oh, okay, great. I didn't know if you <laughs> meant, like, behind the scenes.
3: Well... The person who's the funniest in the movie but is not funny in the makeup trailer, that's because they don't like the other people in the makeup trailer. Sure, (laughs) sure. But they are that funny. Doing it in front of the light, they were talking about politicians, they were talking about Ron DeSantis. Somebody said last night on TV that we haven't seen him in front of the Klieg light. What is the playoffs? They make the light so bright and it messes with your nervous system. (laughs) Can you self-regulate to perform the way you want, despite this magnifying glass right over your head. And this is something as human beings, we seem to be interested in with other people. We wanna see, can you do that in competition? You know what I mean? You're a great skater or whatever you are. We wanna see people under duress. I don't really know why, but that's all of sports. And it's a large part of the biz too, right? Oh, this person is a great stand up. They're going to give him a sitcom or they're going to give him a movie part. I wonder if he can handle that. You know, we're going to turn it up. We're going to turn the light brighter. We want to know how much guts do they have? How much self control of their thing do they have? We want to break people. That's why, you know, all these stupid singing shows and talent shows. We like to try and break people. Is there anything stupider than an award show? We're gonna compete. These two movies are gonna compete. What do you mean compete? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not two horses, you know, yeah. it's two movies. How can you say we're gonna say this one is better? You can't, it's fake, it's horse shit. Yeah, one came out like two weeks
0: before Christmas, you're already in a great mood. You evaluated this movie like with Christmas cheer.
3: What do we do with that? Shit. We're we gonna factor for that when we evaluate these movies. Right. Yeah. And these stupid people, myself, I've been sat there like an idiot at these award shows, and we're gonna put a camera on them and we're gonna watch them win and lose. It's so completely contrived. There is no real competition. It's like two tomato sauces competing. You can't. It's just different <laughs> tomato sauce. What do you mean we're gonna best picture? What a stupid phrase. Best actor. Best what? For who? <laughs> yes. When? Wow. No, it's preposterous. They're doing different parts. It's so
0: stupid. My wife was nominated for an Emmy. We're going there. She's nominated. What a great day. We're sitting at a table. Unbeknownst to us, there's a whole bit that's been planned. where Jim Carrey. Is leaving movies to do a TV show. So the whole bit on the Emmys is he can no longer sit where the movie stars sit in the floor in front of the stage. And so part of the bit, again, unbeknownst to us, is like all of a sudden Jim's at our table while they're filming. And the punchline is like, oh my God, he's been relegated to this table. So you go from driving there, oh my god, honey, you've been nominated. This is so exciting. And then in one second, you're kind of the punchline of where Jim Carrey got promoted to. And you're like, wow, this whole thing is real precarious, isn't it? I think I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> we were there looking like dum-dums, like, oh my right, god, you got right. stuck with these two.
1: <laughs> I think it's primal. I think it's base level. We want to see how good someone is to see how attracted we are to them or something.
0: Like it's a shootout. Kind of. uh, Like
1: Why we're obsessed with competition. Like who's the best here? The fittest. Who is the highest level of fitness? Yeah. Uh And whatever it is.
3: Yeah. Because if they are the best, then we can love them more.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think that could be
3: part of it. It's so dumb. You know, I'm a baseball fan and I'm a Mets fan. It's like, why would you need them to win? What would that do if they won? Well, then I would love them more. Because they're the best.
1: (laughs) Because they're the best.
3: They're more worthy of your love (laughs) at that point. (laughs) Objectively. They
0: earned it.
1: It means you're the best vicariously if they're the best. Right, because
3: I picked them to love. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare.
0: We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Are there some fantastic concerts coming to your city this summer? Mine too. In fact, Anderson packs playing at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't wait for Ooh,
1: it. Ooh, that's exciting!
0: amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com DAX. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com DAX. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, You built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah. Easy peasy. So easy. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. We are supported by BetterHelp. Listen, I understand that sometimes you want to keep things to yourself. Process your emotions in your own time. Visit betterhelp.com slash Dax today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash Dax. You brought him up, and I know it was a really significant moment of doing the show, and there's a bunch of stuff in the book about it. But when you, I have to say, of all the car selections, and I can't imagine anyone listening hasn't seen comedians and cars getting coffee, but you pair a car with the person you're going to interview and you do a damn good job oh thank you you wouldn't know this about me i'm a car freak it's my whole life i'm from detroit i have heard that about you right and so one of my gifts is i can tell people what the perfect car would be for them i bet people ask you right they're not car people i'm gonna buy a car i've got this budget and i'll go this is the car for you right right yeah And also pick what car people drive. This is like a parlor trick I can do. I said, did you get the car you wanted? That's the first question. Yes, I I didn't compromise. Okay, I'll tell you what you're driving. And I'm about 70%. Anyways, all that to say, your pairing of the 63 split window VAT with Obama was your most elegant, and perfect pairing of all 83 episodes
3: wow that's so cool that you think that a hundred percent like what a fucking bullseye
0: i don't even know that i would have picked it myself but it's everything
3: oh i'm so glad you think that well coming from you that means a lot tell me where do you start with
0: obama when you're thinking of him as a car it has to be american well, according to Trump, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know, Jerry. Could have been a Ugandan car. <laughs> oh,
1: God.
3: Yeah, there was no uh, Kenyan sports cars available <laughs> okay. at the time. Okay, so you had to move on from Kenya. <laughs> and I don't really know my vets that well, but. When I was a kid, that car captured me as the lines of it are just so spectacularly, perfectly resolved, front to back, side to side, the length, the width, you know, the height. The stance is nice, right? It's kind of wide and flared. Yeah. Mm. So that's how I got to it. I just thought, what do I think would be the coolest? how had to be a sports car. This is the coolest, to me, the coolest vet.
0: Yes, to lose everyone. You could have gone 67. That year had the biggest engine of that body yeah, style. Yeah, the 427 I know. was the fastest. Uh, right, right. But we don't go there. We go split window, only year of the split window. Right. Unique, one of a kind, the I symmetry.
3: I meet very few people that are interested in this world. What do you think of this? I have a theory that everyone, by definition, is in the perfect car for them, even if they've borrowed it. Mmm. <laughs> oh gosh, you're, you're gonna have to make that case a little better for me. How so? It's like you can't have the wrong face. You can't uh-huh. have the wrong hair for you, the wrong shirt. If you're in it, that's where you are. It's the perfect car for you.
0: Jerry, I that's couldn't beautiful. disagree more. I couldn't disagree more. I can't t- I spent half <laughs> my life in the wrong fucking cars. The whole time I'd be driving these shit boxes that I could afford. I'm like, what am I? This isn't the car I need to be in. I had to own a Honda Civic for eight years because I was broke in LA. That's
3: not Dax Shepard. It was at that time. You were a shit box in LA. <laughs> I love that car, though. A
1: reliable shitbox. <laughs> you
3: kind of want to get a mint condition one. <laughs> Dependable shitbox. Oh, <laughs> I would love a mint
0: condition Honda Civic. It was the DX Hatchback, light oh. blue, 91. Oh,
3: I love those, <laughs> yeah. Okay,
1: now you love it. I do, now I've come completely
3: around. You've proved my theory. <laughs> Wait,
1: who's Jerry as a car?
0: Oh, good one, Monica. To we'll you. S- okay, great. And then I wrote down a few. What's unfortunate is Jerry has a lot of cars, so.
1: Who is he?
3: It's an abstract question.
0: There's also a cheat, which is you've already declared, and I agree with your declaration. You're a Porsche, okay? Now what model Porsche you are? So what's neat about Porsches for people that aren't into cars is they're actually not flashy. They're very subtle. When you look at what they're competing against, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, Aston Martins, These are very flamboyant cars. And okay, I was a host of Top Gear the last two years. And so we would constantly put these 911s, like a GT3, up against a McLaren, up against, you name the car. The other cars would have 200 more horsepower, faster zero to 60, faster top speed, on a racetrack. So sorry, everybody. You cannot beat a GT3. A car cannot be built to beat this boring, by comparison, GT3 on a racetrack. There's some fucking magic German symmetry and subtlety and talk about meticulous I said that you're a, a methodical comedian look at the 911 this car is the same for 60 years mm, it's right. the same car that they just keep tweaking yeah it
1: stands the test. Of there's time. no
0: big revamp of that car it's not going to front wheel drive or front engine or this or that it's the same thing they just keep making it incrementally more perfect every year
3: fair enough To the casual observer. It's incremental and they don't disturb the essence, but there is still a tremendous amount of work being done under the surface. That's what appeals to me. The work is done under the surface. Yes. Yeah. Tony Bennett said to me one time that your whole act is a tremendous amount of work to appear totally casual. And there's an Italian word for that, it's sprezzatura. These guys that would dress a certain way in Italy, and they would just look perfect, but they had spent hours on it and it looked like they got dressed in two minutes. Uh That's the look they're going for, but they spend hours on it. That defines the way I like to approach comedy. It should look like you just kind of threw this together, but you spent years, but you don't reveal that. It's a line I've read, you know, art is the disguising of art. Mm. Uh Uh-huh, I like that. When you look at a great painting, you don't see the brushstrokes. You just see the house or the whatever it is. That is why I am attracted to the Porsche brand. It's the way they do it. Yes. And so, in that
0: vein, I'm going to put you as a 1989 air cooled turbo Porsche. What color? Silver. Ooh, it's a little boring. (laughs) <laughs> I know, I know. I regretted kind of the color. That was a, don't throw fucking curveballs at do. me. I don't do colors, Jerry. I've never told someone what color car it's they so should important. have. But
3: you're not that deep in the Porsche world or you would have picked something else. <laughs> 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 what color? What would be the right color? Oh, well, the color is absolutely black. It has to be black. black it's got to be black. Yeah, because you have, want to reduce it to its essence. Mm. Okay, You don't I like want to that. add any color. If something is perfect, I always want it black. Because I don't want to add anything to it. It's already perfect. Let's just see the essence of it. But do you not love that wild blue they put on the GT3?
0: I love it. Some of them I love. Not all of them. Now, do you still have the 959?
3: Of course. For life, right? We die with that car. Yeah, for life. There's a car, Monica, just to make it a little more interesting for you. There's a car, I think... They were selling it for, what were they selling it for, Dex, 250 grand? Oh, when it was brand new. Yeah. And it was costing them a million dollars a copy to make.
1: Oh, my God. That's
3: (laughs) suicide. That's crazy. But that's the kind of obsession I love. You're literally destroying your company to make this thing what you want it to be.
1: Oh, passion.
3: That's what I love. What's your favorite Porsche of all time? Probably a 58 Speedster. Okay. That is the most elemental, the most essence of the essence sports car. Interesting.
0: Now we get into
3: some little generational stuff, I think, for you and I. Not really. People are more into them now than ever. People love them. They're just so cool.
0: I know, but when you grow up in an era, let's say like talkies versus silent films, once we get into 300 plus horsepower, anytime I'm looking back at these cars that were making 140 horsepower, it's just hard to get... Aroused. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It loses its kineticism. It becomes digital. Well, I just think in its best condition, this thing drives like maybe an 80s Volkswagen bug. That disturbs me a little right. bit. Right. I feel we're
3: losing Monica here. I don't feel comfortable. Listen,
1: I I could give a shit about cars. Yeah, obviously. We had Malcolm Gladwell here. We spent 45 minutes (laughs) I had to edit out on cars, but that's fine. Oh, is
3: he into cars? Huge. Oh,
0: my God. Next time you run into him, so he's a closeted car geek, and he and I email five times a week about stuff we see in parking lots. Things we want to buy, we're
3: talking ourselves out of. Oh, that's so fantastic. You know, I do a podcast sometimes with my friend Spike Ferriston called Spike's Car Radio. You've probably been on his show. I haven't. Okay, you have to be on. It's all about the psychotic episodes of car obsession. And it's a fascinating subculture to me. What is Gladwell into? Oh, you would be able to guess. Two stroke sobs. Exactly.
0: Like he and I were geeking out on that sexy <laughs> that seems like Volvo.
1: An or something. <laughs> no, he's just
0: very peculiar. He likes yeah. things that are, you know. He
1: wants the new electric Mercedes.
0: No, we both hate electric. We have the same justification. I'd love to know yours. Mine is. The talkies are coming. I'm a silent picture actor, and I'm just going to enjoy the shit out of it. Because they're coming. It's over. It's over for us, Jerry.
3: Yeah, you know why? Because nobody wants to talk about the environmental impact of building these stupid things. And the environmental impact of disposing them. Nobody wants uh-huh. to talk about that. They want to sit at a light. I'm saving the planet. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe.
1: (laughs)
0: Time will tell.
1: We have only 10 minutes, but I do really, really want to say something because since I hate cars, the only car that I got infatuated with was because of your show. Because Dex and I both love your show so much. And it was the... Gullwing, yeah, the Mercedes, the Lorne Michaels Gullwing, yeah. yeah. Oh, I loved that one.
3: Everything's great about that car, Monica, except you can't roll the windows down. Oh, Mm.
1: but I run cold.
3: She doesn't need a lot of airflow, right?
0: (laughs) It's just not one of. It's not high on our (laughs) list.
3: Okay. (laughs)
0: Okay. I know it's been too esoteric on the cars, but I do just have to ask, have you thought about what the attraction is? Because I've given a lot of time into like, what is this obsession of mine? Why is my whole life revolved around it since 12 years old? I think I have an answer. I'm curious if you do.
3: Okay. First of all, there's no better use of your time than this obsession. Let me just make that statement. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) To me, there's two components of the automobile. One is You're looking for, what am I going to get in to explore this world where I have found myself? I want to see it. I want to move through it. I want people to have some sense of who I am, and I want to enjoy that process. So is the outside, and then there's, how does it work? How does it fit my body? This, And then we get into some Porsche stuff. You look like these 50s Ferraris, the steering wheel is just stuck on. We'll figure out how to get a human into it when we're done. (laughs) that's how they build Italian cars, which I love Italian cars. Porsches are like, they're built out from you, even from day one, the really, really old ones. So that's one aspect. That's the emotional thing is I need a module to explore this planet where I've just suddenly found myself. The other thing is, is a car fashion wise, technology wise captures a moment in time that you can revisit. You can't get in an old Philco TV. You can go in an old house, but you can't start it up and feel the sound and the smell and the vibration. So it's time travel. And I think the lack of kineticism in modern life is a psychological quicksand for us emotionally, that we lack kinetic exchange with the world. And this is why we like the older cars. They're kinetic. You feel it, you work in it. You're participating in keeping it running. Right. In so, you know, I just got a 69 911 S and I'm so in love with this car because I remember where I was in 69. I remember who I was in 69 and I can go back there now. I can get in this car and just go there. That's pretty special for some thousands of dollars to be able to do that. And i tell you another thing. Entertainment is failing us. Cars are not as entertainment. This is true. Two things for me. One is like control.
0: I turn this wheel this way, it does the same thing every time. This is not a subjective, this isn't a human. I don't know why this time I said the same thing and now she's very upset. <laughs> That's weird. This stepdad, whatever the thing is, this is like, I hit this pedal, I hit that pedal. It does the same thing I want to do all this. So control, very appealing for me. Secondly, alter ego. I wasn't a star athlete by any stretch. But I can be the most athletic thing on the road. This extension right. of me can give me a superpower, an athleticism I don't personally have.
3: Fat guys on Harleys.
2: Oh, what a sight. Right.
3: <laughs> they can't move that quick any other way. <laughs> Sailing gracefully up the Sturgis.
0: Just... <gasps> now, you love Porsches. I just wanted to tell you, my kink is sleepers. For people who don't know, in the car world, a sleeper is a car that looks stupid and boring, and come to find out, it's outrageously fast. I find that hysterical. I build sleepers. I build oh, station wow. wagons that are too fast, sedans that are too fast. There's some perverse.
1: Yeah, because you're a sleeper in your brain. You I, tr- think I think
0: you are. I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're gonna <laughs> underestimate me. It's all psychological. It's a Clark Kent vibe, yes. right? Yeah, oh, that's a great way to frame it. Yeah. Okay. So that's it for cars. I thought there's a chance we would guess the same car. This is it. All I'm going to ask you is Lou Ferrigno's on your show. What do you put him in? I've written something down. I'm just curious if we'll come to the same one. Lou Ferrigno's on your show. Lou Ferrigno, Monica, was I know, the Hulk. the
1: big guy. Uh, yep.
3: <laughs> Lou Ferrigno.
0: <laughs> I know. Isn't it great? It's a comedian show. I know. That's what's crazy. Lou Ferrigno's got a new comedy special out. It's great. You have to have him on the show. What are
3: you going to pick him up in?
1: He's so funny in
3: it. <laughs> he's hysterical in it. No, he's not a Mercedes kind of guy. it has got to be American, right? <laughs> this is the stupidest question you've ever been asked. Yeah, this is really, I,
0: I can't do it. Lou okay, Ferrigno. no problem. Can I tell you what I put him in? Yeah. The Lamborghini Moodoo, that truck they made, the Lamborghini 80s Hummer. Oh, the 002. Yes, yes, the LMOO2. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. That's great. <laughs> okay, good. I just hope we agree on that. And he is Italian, so that fixed. <laughs> it, works, it works on a lot of levels. Okay, last thing, because you have to go, understandably. And this is a question that pertains to you having to go. How do you decide what you're going to participate in? Do you have a blanket rule you stick to, or do you just... Take it as it comes day by day. No, I don't want to do that. I want to, You don't like podcasts, but you're on this one. Thank probably you. probably not trying it. Yeah, thank you. Participate in, you have to clarify that
3: for me.
1: Give your like attention in your, to. Give
0: your time to. So there's things you're going to do. You're a parent. You work. You don't do a lot of press. Sometimes you do press. Sometimes you're in a commercial. Sometimes you're not. What is the guiding force for whether or not you're going to participate in
3: things? Well, this, you know, this is just part of doing a book. Right. But normally, I am not going to spend these mental attention units this way. They're too precious in a 24-hour span. I like to work on material and then go out and try it in a club. And then I feel like my life had some value today. Mm. So Mm. that's my number one thing every day. Work on material and then try the material out. And if it works, the exuberance, the exhilaration of it, everything I do is... Will this get me undepressed? How do I get out of today's depression? Right, 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 right.
0: I can relate.
3: And the two ways, and they work every day. They're the only two things I know that work. are Work and exercise are the only way out of depression reliably. Yeah. Yes. It's not 100%, but that's your best shot.
0: Yeah, exercise for me is, its you got to do it or you'll, you're miserable.
3: <laughs> well, I came across this book years ago called Spark, which is, compiles all the research and how exercise affects the brain. And once you read this book, that's it. You just realize you're not working out your body. You're changing all of this chemistry. All It's getting fed with blood and hormones and all this stuff. And then you use that highly functioning brain to do something with your brain. It's just a whole thing. It's a whole system. Is Barry Martyr your buddy that you call yes. and talk to on the
0: phone? And how frequently do you talk to him on the phone? Every single day for at least an hour. Who's he? He's a comedian friend of mine. Yes. At the beginning of the book, there's a bunch of great passages from Barry about the book. But how do you safeguard that in your life? That fascinates me. Clearly, you've had a girlfriend over the years or your wife, and you're like, I can't have breakfast. I got to talk to Barry
3: for an hour. (laughs) I would never say that. (laughs) If I have time, I could go a month without talking. Not a month. I could go a week without talking to Barry. Okay. I'm not asking the question right. What I'm saying is when you isolate
0: something that you know is part of the process and you identify it and it's unconventional, how do you put a flag in it? How do you proclaim it? Like, no, no, this is a value to me.
3: I will make time to talk to Barry one hour a day on the phone. I just do what I like to do, but I don't know if you've come across some of this research lately on men of a certain age, I believe your age, who have lost their friends because of their kids. Right. And they go off the cliff at 52 and have depression that they can't get out of because they forgot you're not just dad. We were talking about worship. Do not worship these children because it'll ruin you. Your main job for your kids is for you to stay mentally healthy. And part of that is hang out with your buddies. It's not just for fun. You need to talk to people that you can be yourself completely. The thing about Barry and I have is completely unfiltered. And here's one thing we never say to each other. Hey, different subject. You never say that. I just start talking about something else. And he's got to go. And then I got to go where he's going. There's no social cues.
0: Yeah. See, I think because you in some way know it was essential
3: for your comedic process, you made time for it. I don't make time for it. Do you make time to take a leak? No, you have to go take a leak, you go.
1: you prioritized it to that level of functioning.
3: You have to think to prioritize. There's no think. What do you like to do? Talk to Barry, let's get on the horn with Barry. Yeah, it's funny.
0: I just did it, I was on with my best childhood friend. I talked to him similarly amount of time. It started with, there was a threat of violence at the high school, they had shut down the high school. It starts as, oh my God, you wouldn't believe this, but Wade was on this list, his son, oh my God, we're scared, we're scared, we're scared. I stupidly say you're gonna have to get him a Lady Remington to put in his boot. Now he says, oh my God, he'll pull out to defend himself and they'll start going bad words. Yeah, it unraveled into this preposterous scenario where he is shamed for having this little lady gun in his boot. How we got there, but I got to be able to go somewhere with somebody like that. I need a safe place. That's going to calm you. <laughs> yes, it's how he dealt with this crazy situation As we ended up making about 300 jokes about it yeah. by the end of it.
1: Well, I like that because I do think society really appreciates female friendship and talks about it. And that's really important. And women have other women. And we don't really do that with men. And it's important, too. It's just as important as it is for women, but we don't talk about it as much.
3: It's more important we talk more about women having good women friends. No. Is that what you're saying?
1: (laughs) No, i was saying we already do that. We already talk about the importance of female friendship. Oh, really? I think so.
3: Yeah, girls' weekends,
0: girls' nights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Girls' dinner. I exactly. never say, like, men's dinner.
3: It's <laughs> just, I, if I'm at dinner and there's men there, that's what happened. No, you don't want to have a dinner. But there is a big <laughs> new thing going on with men, after their kids leave the house, just falling apart. They lost their friendships, so they have no identity. Your friends help you create your identity.
1: Big Definitely. time.
3: Well, I was only saying, I think because you
0: had a justification, granted you're saying no, this is great. This is kind of like when you're on Stern, which by the way, you're one of my favorite guests he ever has. You're just not emotional and you don't want to go to a psychiatrist. He's so into (laughs) it and just, you guys never see eye to eye. So yes, you're not going to concede that you've made time for Barry, but the data would suggest you did make time for Barry. (laughs) But I wonder if you didn't have an occupation where it somehow was justified. It's part of the whole process. Like if you're a mechanic Do you think, like, I should talk to my friend on the phone for an hour. I'm arguing you
3: should, no matter what you do. I don't know about should. All this word, make time. I don't get any of that. I don't make time (laughs) to watch football on Sunday. (laughs) I don't make time to watch sports. I I watch sports. That's what I like to do.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Last thing I'll say before we go And uh, by the way I truly, truly, truly love The Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee book I was skeptical And it's absolutely fabulous It's somehow A completely new experience Even if you've watched All the episodes As I have It's really spectacular The pictures are cool The cars are awesome If you're into cars Everything's fantastic It's much better Than it should be Which is kind of consistent With everything you do Like a pretty shitty idea That turns out <laughs> spectacular <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dex. I mean, the introduction tells you I'd like Starbucks passed on working with you. Netflix passed. You know, it wasn't a great idea. Just spout it out. And then your execution
3: is your genius. Thank you. I wasn't convinced of it myself, to be honest. (laughs) I know you're still not. I love it. Uh, No, I'm still not. It seemed a little vain. Sure,
0: of course. But I was going to say, there's nothing better than the Galifianakis interview. I think it's the thing I reference on this show more than anything else while talking to other celebrities because we have a very different experience with interacting with people, with people filming you. You know, it's something that you'll contend with, and there's a lot of different outcomes. There's something about you talking to Zach and just going, yeah, they take a picture, and then it's over, and then it's over, and then you're just on with your... There's something incredibly liberating about it, because I think i more identify with Zach. Just the lack of control is what's triggering. I see. I can't
3: ever not have this experience. That's the scary element, maybe. Oh, I see. My favorite part of that show was he was upset about how they lie to us in advertising to sell us products. And I talked (laughs) about how when I was a kid, and you send away for the thing, the scuba guy in the cereal box, and it's crap. But before he got there, I was happy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And that's pretty
0: good. I'll take that.
1: It's enough.
3: It's
0: It's like buying a lottery ticket. Yeah, Yeah. right. You're buying the three days of fantasizing about buying a 959.
1: You're very evolved. It's kind of rabbinical. He's (laughs) anti-evolution,
0: and yet he's kind of evolved. It's very weird. How am I (laughs) anti-evolution? Well, in that you don't want to go to a therapist. You're not really interested in exploring I would if I thought I would... Get somewhere with it, but I don't have to any place I want to go.
1: He has Barry. He doesn't yeah, need.
0: It's fantastic. You're where we hope to get after years and years of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: an unbelievably nice compliment. Thank you.
0: Okay. Well, Jerry, it's been a blast. Next time I'll see you. There'll be no homework for you to say uh, hi. I'll come up to so you. going be so different. It's going to be incredibly <laughs> different. You're going to see me in a way you didn't ever think possible. Upon
3: that next meeting. So great! See how great show business is. Here we are working yeah. and have this wonderful experience. This is beautiful. Yeah. Best. How mad can you be about the
0: picture? And you get to do this for a paycheck. Your overarching comment, which is so true, if you're getting paid to stand on the stage, this is already a hack. There's a mix-up. You shouldn't be getting <laughs> paid for this. Let's just recognize that it's all a gift. That's right this was a party. Thank you guys. It was really a pleasure to chat with you. All right. Comedians and cars getting coffee book, buy it, put it on your coffee table. What a great conversation starter just in time for the holidays. Mm. Jerry, thank you. Be well. Hope to see you again soon. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Taco Bell. Ugh.
1: Oh, man. We often do two recordings a day, and we have this little nice lunch break that we enjoy. And we're always craving something really yummy. Yes,
0: yeah, something fresh, something high quality, something like the all-new Cantina Chicken Menu from Taco Bell, which is mm. exactly that.
1: Mm. It's so yummy. It has slow-roasted chicken, the pico, that purple cabbage, and an avocado verde salsa sauce. Oh, delicious.
0: Outrageous. The new Cantina Chicken Tacos, Burrito, and Quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina Chicken menu at Taco Bell now. Okay, when did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Well, let's just say I'm a weirdo and I want to be messy and see what you're up to, like who you're hanging with. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing.
1: I knew you did that.
0: (laughs) No, I did not do that. I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends and then use that money any place Apple Pay is accepted.
1: Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash?
0: Monica, please keep it in the chat. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC, terms apply. We are supported by Celebrity Cruises. I know what you think. As long as you're on vacation, you're happy. But the truth is, some vacations are better than others. And there's one that's better than all of them Celebrity Cruises. With rooms, food, and service like theirs, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And you won't have to with all the places Celebrity goes. They even have weekend Caribbean escapes if you're short on time. So visit Celebrity.com, contact your travel advisor, or call 1-800-CELEBRITY and see why nothing comes close to Celebrity Cruises. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. And now my favorite part of the show, the fact check with my soulmate, Monica Padman. Check. Psst. Psst.
1: Um, this is for Seinfeld.
0: Oh, Gerald Seinfeld? Correct. Okay. Do you think that's his birth name, Gerald?
1: Geraldine.
0: Geraldine Ferrara Seinfeld? Mm-hmm. I didn't say this to him because he wouldn't, um, he wouldn't care, but um, you know, if you start typing Seinfeld, I don't know how to spell his name, but when I would type him, I first started doing my research in notes because I was busy so I was somewhere else reading that book. Whatever. I started in notes. It comes up as an autocorrect. Like, you know, you're really famous oh, wow. if like you start typing Seinfeld and like halfway through it recommends with a capital S Seinfeld.
1: I love that. I
0: feel like that would be some kind of weird metric we could evaluate someone's star power or status. It's kind of
1: like the crossword, the autocorrect. What day
0: you'd be on the crossword puzzle?
1: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good for he deserves it. I can't think of anyone who does more.
0: I wonder if you type in Marlon.
1: You'd be Brando.
0: Yeah, Brando. There's
1: too many other words that are too close. Brandon Brand.
0: Let's go, Brandon.
1: (laughs) Also, just the word brand. I think. Oh, like
0: brand name.
1: Yeah, like the brand (laughs) is Thoreau.
0: Yeah. We went to a premiere last night. We
1: went to a premiere last night. We went to Kristen's movie. The
0: people we hate at the wedding? Or the people you hate?
1: Ooh, let me check. The titles
0: of her projects are getting too long for me. There was the woman in the window across the street from the girl in the window or whatever.
1: That comically long on purpose. Comically
0: long on purpose, but this one is the people we hate at the wedding. There's a lot of words in that one too. It is. It was great.
1: It was so cute. Such a
0: good script.
1: It was really a very cute rom-com. Yes, it, and I love a rom-com.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And um, Claire Scanlon did an incredible job.
1: Shout out, Claire.
0: Love Claire. She's the greatest. She directed some episodes of Bless This Mess.
1: She did such a good job. I have a very high bar with rom-coms. Yes, she do. you do. Know. It's my favorite genre. Yeah. And it's gone extinct for the most part.
0: Largely, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
1: And people who've. In recent years, tried. It's tricky because a lot of the tropes of rom coms are outdated and antiquated. Yeah, outmoded. So you get into some trouble. But she just. <laughs>
0: stalking. Like, stalking's not cool anymore. It used to be, that was like a, a primary focus of most rom coms before.
1: Yeah. And a lot of them are also like a girl saying no, no, no until yeah, they're he charmed. Finally, into, yeah. <laughs> and you know, there's yeah. a lot. Sure. And I do think a lot of the newer ones are. Forcing themselves to not fall into those, and then it feels odd. Mm. But this was really refreshing because it it was updated, but it still had some old school vibes.
0: I loved the boy that Kristen's love interest was. I loved him. He's great. I loved him, Wasn't he charming and cute and natural and wonderful? Very. Also looked fantastic with his shirt off. Sure. And Alice and she is a gift.
1: She really is. She's a gift to
0: all of us. And then Kristen was fantastic. What a slam dunk for her. Always. Yeah.
1: I've never seen her do a damn thing. No, but I would
0: say there's uniquely good. She was very dry in this. She wasn't like her bubbly likable self that she sometimes is. She was very sarcastic, but really great deliveries of some complex lines. Really landed some big lines.
1: Yeah. She hasn't, I don't think she's done bubbly in a long time.
0: That might be the wrong word. Uh, (laughs) I might be using the wrong word. To me,
1: there were elements of Eleanor from The Good Place in this character. Okay. A little flawed. Yeah, real flawed. Uh, Some problems. You know, she plays drunks a
0: lot and she's just not a drinker. She does such
1: a good job of it. I was thinking that because she delivered one line drunk or she delivered, I guess, a few. But one specifically was kind of slurry, but it was like the perfect amount.
0: This I got to say, I've had to play drunk many times in
1: TV
0: and movies. I hate it. It's the hardest thing to do.
1: Exactly.
0: Which is crazy, considering how many like a full decade I was drunk. Yeah. Yet I find it hard to do because it's just very easy to be embarrassing.
1: Exactly, it's,
0: it's easy to do it poorly.
1: But she found the sweet spot. But I actually wonder now that we're uh, dissecting it, like the actor studio.
0: Uh huh. Welcome to the actor studio.
1: James Lipton. I watched so many of those. Um, the new school. The new school. <laughs> um. <laughs> Maybe because she's not drunk ever, but she's watching other people. Huh. She can observe, like she's a mimic, so she she's can she can observe. Like I can't be objective about what I am drunk
0: because you're already drunk. you have lost it. objectivity; it's already yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah, you're inside of it. Unless
1: someone videotaped it, and I really hope they don't. Oh gosh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Oof.
1: Although I haven't been. That gives me one drunk of my worst memories. Time. Oh. Oh yeah. What happened?
0: Well, oh, this one's terrible. One time I had been up for a few days, and it ended up I was on video. We had like a great, the Canon XL1. Me and my buddy Scotty would make shorts on it, and uh-huh. it was there. And somehow I ended up on some a good amount of footage up from day three. Okay. And I saw it, Oh, you know, maybe a month into sobriety or something. Oh. And I was like, oh, oh oh because you're what you think you're coming across as versus what you are what a shattering moment that can be to yeah. see yourself on video thoroughly fucked up is for me it was very humiliating yeah there's another video of me i don't mind okay my friend kareem who od i've told you a lot of stories about him i invited him back to michigan for one summer he was there for a few weeks. We, I and I put together the trip of a lifetime. We went tubing, we went to the sand dunes, we went to barbecues, yeah. All everything. Fourth of July party with fireworks and a pig roast. And on the tubing trip, and he had a video camera and he was from Hollywood. He loved making movies and shorts. So he filmed quite a bit of it. Now, there is a lot of footage of Aaron and I hammered on the side of the river on the tubing trip that I think I like. Oh. Yeah. I think it's the cocaine mix is really where it's like, hmm, I look like a, I'm kind of a monster on Interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe it was oh. helpful to see it.
0: Oh, it's, it's pretty seared in my memory. I mean, yeah. you
1: don't want to look like that again, so it's probably. Do you remember when that
0: um that clip I guess Hasselhoff's Children maybe released it? They filmed him coming home in a blackout ordering cheeseburgers oh. and he was on the stairs and it was it was very rough. Oof. And I think one of the children kind of released it in hopes that that might be the breaking yeah. point for oh him, to, which I think it was.
1: But that makes me so sad for those oh. children who are in that position. I mean,
0: they were adult children. I mean, just still, say that. Yeah, that's yeah, still, that's yeah. still their
1: parent. Absolutely. That they feel this is literally the only thing that could possibly save him. Like, yeah. what okay. a fucking awful position.
0: Yeah, that's a real terrible last resort to have. Yeah. Last-ditch effort.
1: Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Uh -uh. speaking of bad things i don't know if you want to talk about it um do you want to talk about your accident oh my
0: god yes 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 i've had a rough week me too you you too yeah i feel like mine has some insult injury because okay so i was uh driving to uh set to film something with Kristen for hello bello So I'm on my way there. I'm in my Charger Hellcat, which I love. You really need to know how much I love this car. Not only do I love this car, it's just impossibly fast. It's a four door, it's a sleeper. They don't make them anymore. I've also put very low miles on mine. Mine has maybe five or 6,000 miles on it, which I love. I want the car forever. It's just the fastest, best sedan ever made. I love it. I got into a car accident with (laughs) it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how much I should say about it, I think is, I shouldn't because I might be getting sued, you know? Oh
1: my God. So I don't
0: wanna like go through what happened necessarily.
1: Yeah, I really hope you don't.
0: Suffice to say, I was in a car accident on the way to set and I'm pretty sure the Hellcat is total. And then I had to get a ride the remaining way into work and about 20 minutes after my airbags going off and being in a pretty sizable accident, I was in a full Grinch outfit.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Having yeah. to
1: so interesting.
0: improv and act funny. And I just kept thinking, this is a very surreal experience. What a life. Yeah. I visited Kristen, like, you know, because we're just intermersed with in with the public. We're like filming us go around to Cindy Lou Who and
2: oh, the Grinch. Okay. And we're
0: giving away diapers and wipes.
2: Oh. Um. And we're
0: in the real world. We're strolling down the street in Culver City and I am in the Grinch outfit. And I said, this this is a weird life, isn't it? We were in Michigan at one point, and now we're here in Los Angeles, and I'm in a Grinch outfit, and we're walking down the street.
1: Very strange. And
0: I told the Hellcat an hour ago.
1: Such a bummer.
0: Oh, so sad about it. So sad. But, you know, Sorry. you just can't go back in time. That's the only thing I'm good at. You know, I've had a lot of things stolen from me. You know this about me. I don't really ever mourn it. I'm like, okay, that's over. Yeah. No more to think about. It's gone. And this pretty quickly, I was like, oh that fucking sucks i love that car and that's over i can't really yeah i can't go back in time
1: that's a great
2: quality different
0: route and i also told you this as my airbag was deploying like it was instantaneous right i'm looking at my side uh passenger side airbags dropping down and my thought was oh my god this is embarrassing (laughs) yeah yeah. Like you said, was it scary? Were you scared? And I'm like, no, I didn't have time to feel scared. I immediately was just like, this is so embarrassing. I'm not supposed to do this.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm supposed to never, ever be in an accident. Yeah. My identity was on the line. Of course, yeah. it's
1: scary. <laughs> that I know you, you're you not saying it's scary, <laughs> but that is scary. That part is scary.
0: Oh, to have fractured my yeah. identity. Yes, I'll say that part. That's the, like, <laughs> yes, I wasn't, re, like, I was out on the sidewalk now dealing with all the stuff. Yeah, I know when I fight people or I, I have those heightened adrenaline things, my legs get shaky. Like, it's a very familiar feeling. I know what it's like. I had zero adrenaline.
1: Yeah.
0: Yet, that whole night I had to watch a movie that night for our job, and every seven minutes, I just would randomly see the airbag go off in my head. Right? Really? I'd like just have a visual of like, oh yeah, that airbag deploying. Oh
1: wow! And I'm like,
0: yeah, these things. Whether you, yeah, it's like your body knows one thing, and your brain might know a different thing.
1: Body keeps the score. Body
0: keeps the score.
1: He, he's on to something. Yeah, because
0: I wasn't like, oh my God, that was scary. I almost died. Never had one of those feelings. Yeah. Or, oh my God, I almost got hurt. I did have, never, it really didn't have them. Yeah. And yet the brain kept going, like, hey, remember this? Yeah. Hey, remember this? Well,
1: you're, you're, it was like
0: nudging me. Your brain all night.
1: probably is trying to figure out if you're okay, really. Right. Because sometimes these things
0: They don't end well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was very scared when yeah, you, no came.
0: one was hurt. Thank goodness. Well, I will say, so that was uh, Tuesday, then Wednesday I was sitting in the um, tattoo chair for many hours, and I was like, oh, yeah, my lower back is, you know, it's a little something, and then my neck, oh, yeah, it's a little something. Again, nothing big at all.
1: I know, but But you just
0: don't even, I didn't even notice that for another day and a half. Yeah. Until I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I am. Sore here.
1: Of course, yeah. I don't think the car could be totaled, and you feel <laughs> zero.
0: But. I thought that was going to be the case. I even was thinking like, man, car safety's gotten incredible. Yeah, that, like that that accident, Knock that same wood. accident happens. Knock on the, wood. No, oh, okay. Thank you. Um, that same accident happens in like 1969. There's broken glass everywhere. There's like, you know, the cars weren't designed to absorb any of the energy. Yeah. You're really fucked up from the exact same car accident. Totally. Yeah.
1: So then the next day, Wednesday, that was Tuesday. No. Yes. That was Tuesday. On Wednesday, I got in a car. You got rear-ended. Not a car accident, but I got rear-ended. Yeah. And I had a weird car thing happen, which did make me feel really unsafe. But then- we pulled over and i got out and i like looked at the car and i was just staring at it and there was there was nothing there was not one scratch yeah. on it
0: those mercedes are good cars and
1: i i was like <laughs> what the fu- <laughs> wow these cars are really, <sighs> really sturdy I, yeah. was, I was very impressed by the car uh,
0: in the harsh light of day have you looked at it closely i
1: drove it but i didn't
0: you didn't look in bright light no i think it I, was dark out when you got rear-ended
1: it was the sun was setting
0: oh okay romantic it too bad this yeah. sounds like, lovely.
1: but yeah i hated it
0: mm. yeah. oh, sorry that happened it's fine okay gerald
1: yeah one thing i wanted to note about it was that sometimes he laughed but he laughed silently oh like I noticed, he was laughing oh, when visually. we were doing it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I wonder if that laughs making noise because some people, you know, it doesn't. And then when I was listening, I was like, Yeah, you can't hear. So some it sounds of like we're and-
0: holding for nothing, but we were <laughs> holding for real laughter. <laughs> not it was really, silent.
1: Not necessarily holding, but just I. Sometimes people are laughing and you just don't hear it, guys. Yeah. just saying. Um, we cracked
0: him up, is what you're saying. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we brought up Largo.
0: Yes, I love Largo.
1: Yeah, and I just wanted to say that's a ding, 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 because that was our first show ever.
0: You're our right. first live
1: show was at Largo.
0: For a few hundred folks. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's with a Jason comedy theater. With Jason Ritter. With Jason Ritter. And it's a comedy theater in Los Angeles, sometimes a music venue as well.
0: Yeah, I want to say it's Largo at the Coronet it Theater. It is
1: Largo at the Coronet.
0: And yep. it used to be; it's traveled over the years. Largo used to be elsewhere.
1: Oh, interesting! Mm-hmm. Mm. It's
0: like Four Seasons. Oh wow! Ding ding ding! ding, ding. For another episode.
1: <laughs> okay, how much does Saturday Night Live pay? Cast members are making twenty five thousand per episode now, and about five hundred twenty five thousand annually.
0: When I was, um, when people were leaving the groundlings in my era to do it, mm-hmm. it was 7,500 a week.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: As, and New York is not cheap.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: it goes up and they renegotiate and stuff. Yeah. I know some of the bigger performers ended up making I'm a sure. few hundred thousand an episode maybe, but uh. when they want someone to stick around, maybe like a Will Ferrell or something, I don't know. Yeah. But you, you used to start at 7,500 a week.
1: Wow. And this sounds nuts, like that we're saying that's actually not that much money.
0: But in television.
1: so Another thing says first-year cast members make 7,000 per episode, which is what you just said. Oh, there you go. But that, two different sites are saying two different things, so.
4: There's 22 episodes in a season. Okay,
0: 75,000, then 150, and then another 15 grand. So 165, if you're making 7,500 a week, to live in new york no one's from there you're like yeah trying tr- to get an apartment yeah you got an apartment it's not permanent yeah you're gonna blow yeah <laughs> a good deal that just existing in new york while you're
1: it's true in the grand scheme of tv it's not a lot no okay 84 episodes of comedians in cars we say oh, 83
0: oh, okay as I've said on here before, I didn't ever think I'd get invited on because of my career. But I thought my automotive knowledge might tip me into being a course, guest on it. I but it just totally, it never did. Just totally to let you know, I'm not in that 84, right. that batch of 84. Yeah,
1: okay. I know. <laughs> you already uh, knew that? I, knew, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, but if maybe he picks it back up, maybe you will be.
0: Can't ever tell.
1: Okay. Oh. One thing I realized when I was editing is that I eat my shirt a lot. Tell me. From editing like this.
0: Uh you've got she's she's staring I, at her computer yeah. and her, her chin is a little tucked mm-hmm. into her chest. And then okay, and then she slowly lifted her collar up into her mouth. She separated the under t-shirt from the main sweatshirt and now she's just chewing the t-shirt yeah, collar. I do that. And is it soaking wet at the end of an edit?
1: So I used to do this when I was younger a ton Mm. and my mom would hate it she hated it yeah like my shirt was all wet it was so weird and I thought I stopped doing that but then all of a sudden like a couple weeks ago I realized oh I'm doing this I'm doing this thing again and then I didn't know, have I s- never stopped
0: right, or you have a new anxiety you haven't had since your who knows? childhood?
1: who knows? I but think it's, it's back. a very
0: adorable habit, so something a child would do
1: well, a child did it yes, <laughs> <Me>. yes. <laughs> and now I'm reverting, I guess.
0: I'd love it if you and, like opened the door mid edit, you had ordered some food and then right. you open the door and you just have this huge <laughs> ring of saliva around your collar. <laughs> That's it must what happen.
1: <laughs> It happens mostly, like, I don't think I would do it with it. This is a nice sweatshirt. Yeah. Although I did, I was wearing a sweatshirt last time I noticed it, but it's more like a t-shirt. It's like comfier clothes or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Anyway.
0: you If you were older, if you grew up in my era, I bet you would have been a cigarette smoker.
1: Oh, yeah. Because uh, oral fixation, fixate, yeah. for sure, for yeah. sure.
0: Is the greatest of all oral fixations, the cigarette.
1: Yeah, the other day I put new sheets on my bed, beautiful sheets. And then a couple of days later, something was poking me and I realized there was a toothpick under the oh. under the fitted sheet. So okay. like I really got down there.
0: Yeah. I
1: got it out and I put it on the, <laughs> the nightstand. It was all dusty. It looked uh, gross. Uh. Then later that night, I made dinner and I had wine and I like put the wine on the nightstand and I looked and I was like, oh my God, there's like a a coffee cup from the morning, the toothpick and this glass of wine. And I was just like, these are all my vices in uh, one spot. Yeah. And I was probably chewing my shirt.
0: If you were a um, still life artist, that would be a great little painting you could have done. You're right. Called My Vices I by Monica Padman.
1: A, well, I did make a painting of that hamburger.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Sedona, so I could try it.
2: Yeah, I'm my I'm really vices. bad
1: at art. Anyway, that uh, tangent. Okay, one thing. This is a ding, ding, ding. I don't really want to correct it, but I have to. Um, the story about Kristen being nominated for an Emmy. She's nominated for a Golden Globe.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And we talk a lot about Emmy. Mm. We say it a lot. Yeah. And so I just wanted. to...
0: She had been nominated for a gold. That makes yes, more sense because also the Golden Globes has film and TV at the same event. Exactly. So yeah, the thing I said doesn't even make sense. Right. It goes to show how. You don't care. Insignificant. And the it, whole thing no is. one should care, but yeah.
1: it was important for me to correct that. Yes. Part. Good job. Uh, not to say she shouldn't have been nominated for an Emmy. She should have. But yeah,
0: the but. whole story doesn't even make sense. Right. <laughs> There's no division at the Emmys between movies and
1: TV. Yeah.
0: But at the Golden Globes, you're going to get that. You get that the hierarchy. mixy.
1: That's the only one you get the mix. If I could be on anything or from 2022, if I could pick one thing that came out to be on, definitely not be any of the movies.
0: It'd be Severance It'd or be something. Severance
1: yeah. or White Lotus. White Lodi. It would actually definitely be White Lotus. Okay. But Def. but also Severance. I agree. Severance, it would not. I don't.
0: Wouldn't no. be one of these shitty movies. No, definitely. How not. How about Top Gun or Severance?
1: Uh, Severance.
0: Well, yeah, there's not a real big role for you in <laughs> Top <laughs> Gun, probably, unless you're Tom Cruise's love interest. But that's a big age cap. That might make the viewer uncomfortable. Jennifer Connelly, sixty and thirty-four.
1: Handled, yeah, that's. Yeah, I was. Th- yeah, 34, thirty-four at the time. So, yeah. I'm not twenty. I think once you pass, I don't think so. Really.
0: No, I think when you have 60-year-old men and their love interests are in their 30s in movies, it's not.
1: It's not good? Uh, it's not ideal. Okay. Yeah. I think 20s is rough because that per- – I just spit everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Bad week. That person is um, not yet a woman.
2: Well, not yet a woman.
1: <laughs> she's a girl, and not Britney's, yet a woman.
0: Britney Spears. Not my favorite scene in any movie.
1: <laughs> Crossroads?
0: Yeah, do you remember that scene? <laughs> It's phenomenal. Sing? Wait,
1: you remember? and I love
0: Britney Spears. Yeah. So I, this may, this may risk sounding disparaging, okay. but it's not. There's a scene in the movie where her character writes a song, Not Yet a Woman, in front of us on the piano. Right. And there were not nearly enough steps. So it kind of went like this. This is about real time. Okay. It goes ding, 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 uh, ding, dong, dong, dong on the piano, dong. I'm not. <laughs> Thing. I'm not a girl, <laughs> not yet a woman. It took her like two really short attempts, and then all of a sudden she played the whole song on the piano and sang the whole song. It was a little, it was like quicker than Jay Z comes I was up with his say, well, Jay Z. <laughs> I was like, wow, she got she cracked that one quick. She was working. I may mean, I get it. You're in, you have limited real estate. You, you see, don't want to
1: lose. No, you want
0: to see her perform in that song somewhere on stage. But oh, man, did it, it happen quick. I'm. <laughs> I wonder if I'm misremembering it. It's very likely I'm misremembering oh it.
1: Oh, yeah. I want to. be update. We'll do an update next fact check.
0: Yeah. Get our hands on that scene.
1: I, I'm very surprised you remember that movie well. Like, you saw it.
0: That's the only thing I remember of the movie. You remember movie. it
1: because of that.
0: That's what I remember from the movie. <laughs> I, I don't even know the storyline. Right. I just know that scene I remember a lot.
1: Yeah, because it's a road trip movie.
0: I think I talked about it a lot with friends oh, is you, why I remembered okay. it. That, Oral history. That's how things get cemented.
1: Kids, you're right. That's how the Bible happened. <laughs> that's right. Okay, well, that is all.
0: That was all the facts.
1: For Geraldine
0: mm. Seinfeld. Nice.
1: Very cool. Very cool that we got to talk to him. Mm.
0: You know, this was going to be like, there was no way to ask him this.
1: What were you going to ask or wanted to ask?
0: Well, what I wanted to just point out is like, there's a phenomena that surrounds certain people where it's like, they just can't help but make a ton of money. I'm kind of fascinated by it. Like, there's people like try to make a lot of money. And then there's people just like seemingly accidental everything they touch. Mm. So what's really weird about his car collection, he has 150 Porsches. Uh
1: Aha. Wow.
0: He started collecting them in the 90s. Most of the ones in his collection were quite affordable. There was an explosion in the Porsche market that's really never been seen in automotive history other than these old Ferraris, but there's so fewer of them. The 911s from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, from the time he bought all them till where they're at now, they like quintupled in value. They just started shooting up about 15 Mm. years ago and they just haven't stopped. Wow. So he just kind of accidentally again, I don't know how I many hundreds of, I think they say like 800 million he made on Seinfeld. And then this car collection probably.
1: 800 million?
0: Yeah. He's gotten many checks for like 150 million in no! one year for syndication. Yeah. like. That's what's funny is like people publicize the fact that they were all making 1 million an episode to act in it. That's nothing. They
1: weren't making a million an episode. Yeah,
0: at the end. Seinfeld? Yeah, and they even offered Jerry for a 10th season. I read it in in my research. Uh They offered him 5 million an episode to come back for a year 10.
1: Holy shit. The
0: point being his 22 million from acting it it didn't even matter. That yeah. was that was like saying what his per diem budget was when they were on location. Right. It was all about the ownership of syndication, which has generated billions of dollars. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, and his stand up tours. Yeah. Like I read all these earnings things. He's always in Forbes. Like many many of the years where you kind of thought he wasn't even doing anything, he was making sixty million a year touring.
1: Oh my! And B movie.
0: I don't think he cleaned up on (laughs) B-Movie.
1: Don't forget B-Movie. But
0: it just, I've known a handful of people like this. Like they just can't, they accidentally, like that's just his hobby. He wants to collect these Porsches. Well then, lo and behold, that's probably the best investment you could have made is 9-11s over the period of time. Or I had heard about it when it happened. It was national news. I guess people saw it as opulent. He had bought this parking garage in Manhattan. Oh, I heard all about the parks. that. Yeah. But I looked at that. I think he bought it for two million dollars when it when he did.
1: Wow.
0: Guaranteed that parking lot he owns in Manhattan is oh, now worth twenty five million dollars. <gasps> you know, like
2: some
1: people just wow, have this love that.
0: horseshoe up their ass.
1: Yeah.
0: For accidentally. and then this
1: show comedians and cars getting, getting co- coffee. It was funded
0: by Crackle originally, that old platform. Before it was at Netflix.
1: Oh. So
0: the budget of the show's one cent. You're not even thinking as has value. He's doing it as a hobby. Yeah. And then it goes over to Netflix for a ton of money. And again, it's just kind of an, he didn't set out to do that. Wow. Very fa- I'm fascinated by that. I love that. I love that. The movie made almost 300 million. Yes. Yeah, but I don't know what his participation you in He produced that is. it. Yeah, Yeah, he's a
1: big guy in it. The great (laughs) producers of that
4: (laughs) era,
0: the top tier producers were getting 8% of gross.
4: He's Barry B. Benson in
0: that.
1: He was a B- and a producer.
0: So he might've made $20 million on that.
1: That's a, <laughs> that's a lot of fucking compared money. Compared to
0: the hundreds of millions of dollars, but, it's just- Right, relatively. It's, it's, it's like his salary from <laughs> acting on the show. I
1: know, but compared to anyone else on earth, that's an insane amount of money. It, it
2: is. And Only And that's relative, one
1: of his, in, yes. one tiny, tiny fragment thing. of his <laughs> smallest right. thing. Yeah. God.
0: True, yeah. Kristen's in the biggest cartoon of all time and didn't make that, so
1: also ding 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 Kristen. this is a bit of a stretch but yeah.
0: <laughs> there's more of a duck duck goose
1: <laughs> yeah i met seinfeld's wife once jessica jesse yeah at um a gap not a gala uh but sort of a gala a remember- good
0: plus foundation <sighs> event
1: i don't remember what it was we had to go to new york or we were in new york and we went to this i can't remember if it was a good plus event, or if she just happened to be I there. I
0: remember this, is have something to do with pulling a chair up for yeah, you? Yeah, this yes. was a bad
1: day for me. I, yeah. I, I didn't have a chair. Oh my God, I was <laughs> such riffraff, but I did meet her and she was really nice.
0: In the midst of Not
1: that. as nice as Matthew McConaughey's wife, but very nice. Camilla? Yeah, Camilla said I was She's... really pretty.
0: <laughs> and she is, <laughs> I think objectively. Don't the...
1: scoff at that.
0: I didn't scoff at it. Yeah, you said. <laughs> no, what I was about to say, and I would like to continue to, is she's, a, I think, objectively the prettiest human being she, I've ever seen in real life with my eyes. Beautiful. It's You're like, whoa, there's a um, Navi here or something. This is a computer-generated person.
1: <clears throat> yeah, she's beautiful. So for
0: her to tell you that is more relevant. Going. If Shrek came up to you and he's like, ah, "You're beautiful,"
1: well, you
0: would it'd still be nice. It's still be but, nice. <laughs> you know
1: what I'm saying? I do, but I don't think it transfers like that. It doesn't. I don't think it's like because you're beautiful, your yeah. perception of beauty is heightened. I actually think but it's I the think opposite. She, no,
0: I think she would looked at you and she was like, "She kind of looks like me." And no, I'm the most beautiful girl she in the world. Did I'm going to tell her. She, I think that's what she meant. How about this? I think this is very analogous. Mm other side of the gender equation. If Matthew McConaughey says to me, Dax.
1: Oh God, (laughs) this is all (laughs) just just a way to. (laughs) (laughs) It's not an excuse, it's
0: not an excuse. I wasn't even trying to do this. (laughs) I just wanted to say, Dax, you're ripped. Uh You are in great shape. It means more to me coming from him because he's in great shape. Yeah. Someone who's mm. in terrible shape They would think I'm in good shape because they're in terrible shape. But if Matthew McConaughey says I'm in good shape, like he's in great shape. (laughs) That's a huge compliment. does not. If Schwarzenegger tells you you're jacked, you're like, whoa. Arnie Schwarzenegger said,
1: I get that. Oh, God. (laughs) Are you
0: cycling? What's going on? Are you eating all your protein or what? You're like a humongous tree. You're like an enormous redwood or a sequoia. Who are you
2: lifting? Your house?
1: What about if the robot says it?
2: <laughs> I don't know if that's a good shape, but all your friends seem to be excited for you. So congratulations on the esteem that your peers are showering at you. I'm not sure if that's a good or bad physique. Because we're made with the most limited amount of metal required for us to move.
1: <gasps> oh, okay. hey, what about Obama? No. <laughs> no, leave it. now.
0: Dax, your body looks good. Sasha, Malaya, Michelle, they like your body. Anyway. That's pretty. I mean, all yes. things considered, that's an okay I Obama. just wanted
1: to end on the robot. <sighs> oh.
2: Was that your president, Obama? <laughs> Or a guy who sounds so uh, shockingly similar. <laughs> I could have sworn that was Obama. Oh, my God. <laughs> In fact, they oh. just analyzed the sequence and it's him. I have a voice analyzer. <laughs> How cool I just heard Obama talk about me.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um. Anyway, I don't think it transfers person i know what you i think you're right about
0: the physiques
1: the jacked men commenting on other jacked men i love jacked men (laughs) but i don't think it works the same with a beautiful woman calling another person beautiful beautiful. i don't okay so anyway um (laughs) his wife is very cool
0: yeah uh which one you were talking about too jessica or camilla jessica seinfeld jesse seinfeld jesse yeah Uh (laughs)
1: She introduces herself as that. She goes by that.
0: Is it, It's a, what about if a cool person tells you you're cool? That means more.
1: Something's and transferred. it's like, this isn't a
0: robot, but it's robot adjacent. Okay.
1: Like,
0: mm, oh my God, you're so cool.
4: Hey,
1: I like that guy. I
0: do too, I wanna to protect him.
4: You have more control over being cool or Jack than you do at being beautiful. That's very true. Because you're either born with it or not. It's uh-huh. like someone saying you're really tall. That's also tall, that doesn't yeah. translate. <laughs>
0: Well, now, if Shaquille O'Neal said to me, like, man, you're tall.
1: You'd like that? That's my Shaquille
0: O'Neal, by the way. Man, you're tall. Okay. I used to play for the Lakers.
1: You need to work on that. I'm
0: doing an obviously bad one. Did you pick that up?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you read the Hollywood Reporter (laughs) inclusion report card? (laughs) Tall people are totally underrepresented. (laughs) People over 6'3", represent 1% of our population and only point zero five percent of actors are tall. <laughs>
1: We're
0: having a tall rally, do you wanna come? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Obviously you do wanna to be told you're pretty. Absolutely. Like, it, it, it wasn't like it meant let. I, I just, it means more. Excuse me <laughs> No, I have You're to cut so that. So Stop.
0: <laughs> this is a monster from the ocean. I don't know who you feel bad for right now, but you this
1: were is doing a- hands. <laughs> Excuse
2: me, Mrs. Batman. You are so beautiful. Could you hand me some water I'm dry. To... <laughs> so pretty. <clears throat> oh
1: God. <laughs>
0: No, that sea creature tells you you're pretty, you're not filing it in the same (laughs) category. You're lying to yourself.
1: I know, but you know, it's also very (laughs) fucked up, but the truth and is sort of a ding, 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 not sort of, a ding, 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 exactly to an episode we recorded today that hasn't come out yet. It means more to me if a man says it than a woman.
0: Well, right, because that's who you're trying to attract. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. That's very logical.
1: Yeah. So I do want them to be attracted to me.
0: Yeah. Well, good news, they are. I got some breaking news for you.
1: Amar. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my lord.
1: Anywho, all right. Well, oh. I'm grateful to Jerry and uh, the whole gang,
0: really. <laughs> the whole, <laughs> the whole gang. team over there.
1: <laughs> really. Jerry's
0: assistant was like 79 years old, a 79 year old male.
1: Yeah. And you liked that. You, I you did. commented. I was
4: like, this is. <laughs> I think it weirdly shows some He
1: wasn't safe. I don't
4: think it was his assistant. He was just like the tech guy that worked in the building.
0: Oh. No, his circle is tiny. He's not letting some <laughs> random guy at a building come fuck with his computer before an interview. That guy's on the team.
1: Was he at his house?
4: No. Tim Tim Stone from Rubinstein. <laughs> His email. Let me see what. He- Ask him if he works in the building or he works for
1: Jerry directly.
0: <laughs>
4: exactly. <laughs> Rob's got him in some building. He works for Rubens. They're in a building because he was going oh. into another room mm. to do another oh. interview. I believe he was in a building. I do.
1: Okay. I, do. Then I just.
0: But I don't believe that this was the generic IT guy for the building.
1: But it was a tech guy working at a, a building that does this. That makes sense.
0: I think it's the building his production company's in, where he goes to three days a week. I read he goes to some building three Rubenstein? days.
4: Rubenstein. This guy works for Rubenstein. I got <laughs> his email. What's Rubenstein? <laughs> um, they we help clients shape what they do, what they say, and what. Uh, They're like represent leaders plan? and groundbreakers across industries. Okay.
1: That's very generic.
0: Well, then that's not nearly as fun. I thought Jerry Seinfeld's personal assistant was a 79-year-old bald man. And that, I thought, like, there's something about it that said integrity. Yeah, you maybe.
1: thought it was, like, noble.
0: <laughs> I did. I did. I thought it was, like, a sign of high morals. He could be with anyone all day long. And he picked this nice <laughs> old this, gentleman. This guy.
4: That's him. Uh, there he is. We got is him. he
1: him. Also, we only got a glance. Is he's like in his 50s?
4: Yeah, like yeah, 40s or 50s, maybe. Okay. He's between 40 and 79 years
1: oh, old. Oh, uh, yes.
4: Noble. Very noble.
0: Well, <laughs> people talk about the money, they don't talk about how rich he is in character and integrity,
2: <laughs> right?
1: You're right. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> you can see it in your eyes before it comes.
2: Is that your geriatric assistant? <laughs> This is a conventional you are a fiber. Sometimes when I pronounce fiber, it comes out as farmer because of an upgrade. This is a feature, not a bug. Robots can't get communal bugs. <laughs>
0: All right, good night. This is this isn't going to end if one of us doesn't end it. <laughs>
4: okay, bye. I love you.